And welcome to And One with EJ here on the Huddle Up Podcast Network or Huddle Up Incorporated. I am your host, Ernest EJ Christian. Coming to you a few, a few days later than usual. We normally drop these on Tuesday and Wednesdays, but today is Thursday. We're Thursday, Thursday afternoon. Um, uh, reason for that is my kids are on spring break this week, so therefore it's a little more uh, tougher to get away to record. Um, things came up also the last couple of days. Um, but of course, the the boss, Big Jim, says, "Okay, we, we'll bring him up, bring him a show late in the week. No big deal." Again, I'm on Twitter at EJ Christian number seven. How are you guys doing? I uh, missed you guys. We are getting closer and closer to my favorite time of year, the NBA playoffs. We are literally what two and a half weeks away. I'm I'm already looking at these seedings, looking at these uh, positioning right now in, in in the league, and I tell you, I, I am pumped up. I am pumped up for the uh, the playoffs this season. Um, but we still got a couple weeks to go. We still, still got more positioning going on. A lot of things to be talked about. A lot of things to be to be decided. One thing to be decided right now is still the big conversation around the MVP race, which is my first take of the day. Uh, the MVP race, in my opinion, honestly, people are saying it's a, it's a three-man race. And while I don't necessarily disagree with that, it's between Joel Embiid, uh, Nikola Jokic, and Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak. I do think it's really a two-man race. I think it's a race between Embiid and uh, and, uh, and Jokic. And it's not a knock on, on Giannis. To me, Giannis is the best player in basketball. In fact, I would say right now, by virtue of... You know, people say Kevin Durant... No, look, you got to be available first off. Kevin Durant's in, inability to stay healthy eliminates him for that conversation as the best player. He's certainly top five when healthy. Giannis is mostly available. Um... For his team, when need be, um, Giannis to me is the best player in the league right now. And honestly, it's kind of not really a close second right now. I think Giannis has pulled away in addition to the, the team success as well too. But to me, right now, if we look at the MVP race, I think it's really a two-man race between uh, Joel Embiid in Philadelphia and Nikola Jokic in in Denver. Uh, obviously, Nikola Jokic is going for, is vying for his third straight MVP t- uh, title which will be the first time, I believe, since Larry Bird did it in the early to mid-80s, um, which would be, be a hell of a accomplishment for, for starters. Last week on the podcast, I said that Joel Embiid has leapfrogged uh, Jokic as my MVP leader on the leaderboard. Um, that is still the case this week. In fact, I would argue Embiid has probably put a little bit of a gap now between himself and, and, and Jokic with Denver's struggles as a, as a late. Uh, Embiid, of course, as well. You know, Philadelphia right now is currently, I think, either the two seed or tie for the two seed or right there. Uh, I know them them in Boston are right now battling out for that number two seed in the Eastern Conference. Um, I, as I check right now, let me check real quick, make sure I want to get that right for you guys for information purposes. So Philadelphia right now is currently the three seed, the only half game back of Boston. But they got a better record in Denver um, by virtue of half game. Um, and I think if there's a separation that I have right now currently, and again, we still got two and a half weeks to go, so things can change. Um, the summer for me really has been the fact that when these two players met the first time, and they, and they meet again, I think, in a, very soon. I'm not sure when. I think it's next week, week after that. Um, Embiid dominated Jokic. And dominated him. And that, and that kind of has to matter. If, 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 if this is a race that's a game of inches and whatnot, these are the things that kind of matter. Um, and Joel Embiid has been 
And Philadelphia, for that matter, has been playing great basketball since the start of the new year. Um, so, like I said, it's still a race. It's still not decided because I can still go Jokic last minute. Uh, like last year, I, I would, if I had voted last year, I would have voted Embiid, but, you know, that was a last-minute thing. Um, this happened at the same time this year, too. But I think the overall spectrum right now is that, that right now this is a two-man race, not a three-man race. I think uh, right now it's between those two guys. I, I think Giannis... I think what hurts Giannis in, in in the conversation right now is that when he's missed time this year, Milwaukee hasn't really fallen off the planet. Milwaukee has still been relatively really good, actually. In fact, Drew Holiday has been talked about as a guy that, that that's starting to become more appreciated now in the absence of Giannis. And I'm not saying that Giannis, they can't win, win, win without Giannis. They cannot win a Giannis win a title. Giannis has to be there to win a title. I think Milwaukee's the best team overall. But I think in terms of value this year, you remove MB for the Sixers, this team is nowhere close to, to a championship conversation this year. Same goes for Jokic in, in Denver. So I think right now it's really a two-man race. Giannis is in the thick of things. And I think Giannis can still make a case in the next couple weeks, but I think I think it's becoming less and less of likely that he will uh, leave Frog either two guys, barring both guys flung apart, honestly. So that's my first take of, of the uh, podcast today. Take number two. Um, the Golden State Warriors and Memphis Grizzlies rivalry, to me, is by far the best rivalry in the association. Um, it's fascinating, too, because we, it kind of came out of nowhere in some ways. We kind of forget that two years ago, this this team, these two teams actually met when Memphis was on the way up, and Golden State had that one year where Curry was, it was just Curry by himself, Clay was out for the year, Draymond injuries. Uh, Golden State made the play-in with Memphis. Memphis was the new kid in the block. And Memphis ending Golden State season, okay, and then last year Golden State of course beat Memphis in the playoffs, second round of playoffs in a six game set that actually was a lot closer. People give credit for, um, especially with the fact that John Morant missed half that series, and all the when you combine that with all the chatter that happened after the season last year, and the chatter this year, and then Memphis starting to become this all of a sudden un, kind of unlikable team kind of like old like kind of like an old school Detroit Pistons kind of team you know Dylan Brooks doing his thing and him and Draymond Green chatting up him and Clay Thompson chatting it and all that and talking shit and all that it there isn't really any great rivalries in the NBA right now currently so i think this is why a lot of folks like myself are leaning into this Memphis Golden State thing and you, again you have recent uh competition these two teams in the playoffs one playing and last year in the playoffs of course now obviously Memphis has a lot to prove Golden State is, is the main is the main team here they're they're in the middle of a dynasty okay um I know they're, they're having a rough year bad road team with the one two in a row two road games in a row this week um but there is a lot of to be, to be said that Memphis has no ground to stand on to talk until they actually beat Golden State in a meaningful series, and in fact, other than the game last week, I think when they played, and granted that game, I, if I'm not mistaken, that game was without Steph. Although John didn't play a game either. Um, this year, you could argue that Golden State is actually t- handed Memphis their lunch also too a couple times. So, but I think also, and I'm hoping to God that Golden State can somehow get that five seed. There's still time. No, no actually not five. Seed, I'm sorry, because Memphis is number two right now in the West, so that wouldn't work out. Um, I'm hoping to God that we can somehow get a Memphis Golden State series some point this in the playoffs. Um, so hopefully, um, if the Golden State holds that hold on to that sixth seed, 
um, and maybe you know, who, who knows because with, with, with Paul George's injury they, they may go to five but if they stay at 60 Memphis is at two and let's say Golden State wins their first round series against Sacramento hypothetically Memphis wins their series against the seventh seed whoever that may be we get round two or round three rather really round two because of the playoffs of Memphis and Golden State but the bottom line is this I think we are so thirsty for rivalries in the, in the NBA um, and we don't have any really I mean, Den- I guess to lesser extent, Dallas and Phoenix kind of started all of a sudden kind of had a little bit of a tripping thing going on. But to me, by far, Memphis and Golden State is the best rivalry in the league right now. Um, and we'll see. Hopefully, we get we get something from these two teams in the postseason going forward. Um, with both teams healthy, especially too, and John Moran being back in the lineup and all that. All right, third take. Um, got word I think late last week. Michael Jordan, owner of the Charlotte Hornets, and also. Or people say arguably or whatever the goat, the greatest of all time, Michael Jordan, um, is selling his majority share as owner of the Charlotte Hornets. So I want to look back at, at Michael Jordan's life as the uh, owner of the Hornets and what he's done. In I think it was 13 years he's on the team. This team's been only in playoffs twice, and it's kind of disappointing because it's not like the East Conferences in those years have been dominant. There's <laughs> been space for them to make some noise. Charlotte, Charlotte. They just can't see to get over the hump. Um, for all the talk about Michael Jordan being the greatest of all time, and certainly in my opinion, he is the greatest of all time. Um, as an owner, he's been pretty, let's just say, putrid. Um, and it's not to say he's on the level of a Daniel Snyder in Washington in the NFL or some of those guys. You know, he's not a scandalous guy. He's not, he doesn't have these things going on outside of the outside of basketball that's scandalous. In the same way that Daniel Snyder has it, or other owners, owners we talk about in you know Robert Sarver, who had to sell his team to Phoenix Suns about a month ago. Um, does that mean that stuff? We're talking about purely basketball context here. Michael Jordan has been a disappointment. Um, now he will, when he sells his shares, obviously um, he will st- still apparently own a minority stock on the team. Um, but uh, and, and the thing is also too, like he bought the team for I think like. Hundred million, like I think it was three hundred million, maybe, and the the price tag. I mean, we're hearing that he could he could sell as high as one point five billion. So Jordan's winning there in terms of money money grab. But I think a lot of that too. Also, people say, oh, well, Jordan's still winning because he's, he's selling his team, you know, way more than what he bought it for. Yeah, okay, fine. But a lot of that has nothing to do, has nothing to do with Jordan. Sports teams in general, and and the price tag of sports in, in general has gone up tremendously in the last uh, decade or so. So. It's less to a Jordan, because Jordan hasn't done much to make the Hornets more enticing than they were, say, 10 years ago. Okay? It's just the NBA team, the value of NBA teams today are much higher. The value of NFL teams is much higher today than they've ever been. So it's by default, by proxy, that Michael Jordan is going to get that major profit once he sells his team or his shares of his team. So let's be real there. Now, Jordan, like I said, Jordan, greatest of all time. We, we, we get all that. But as an owner, nah, not, 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 that's not it, fam. So, all right, uh, number four, fourth take here on the podcast. And guys, thanks for tuning in, of course, on the M1 EJ podcast. I want to play a, uh, actually, you know what? Let me say it for the last top take here. Um, my NBA Power Five. I've done power rankings on the show in a while. You know, like you guys all love, love ranking things, top five things. I do. I do it in my podcast all the time. Um, I do it on, on Hello Podcast, especially um during the season where I do my tool time segment with uh, Big Jim on on the main show, and I do my power rankings, my, my Power Five, bottom t- bottom five, Power Ten, bottom five, whatever. Um, 
And I, 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 I'm kind of disappointed because I have not, since this podcast, or 12 episodes in this podcast, I haven't done any power rankings on this thing. So let's go. And this, this should be fairly easy and pretty noticeable and pretty obvious here who my who am I putting in the top five teams in the league all right now. So my my NBA Power 5 this week, uh, you have number five for me, the Grizzlies. They've actually played well without John Morant. Now John Morant's back. Um, he came back, first game back last night. Um, had a really good game, two off the bench. I think it was 16 points. Um, he probably had a bench for a couple, couple more games, according to uh, head coach uh, Taylor Jenkins. Um, but the Grizzlies right now are all of a sudden, you talk about the Western Conference, talk about the openness of the Western Conference. You know, obviously, you add the Paul George injury, which, thank God for the Clippers, not catastrophic. He'll be revalued in two or three weeks, so hopefully the Clippers, if they can hold serve and not fall behind, because again, the, the problem is, while they're the five seed, they're only two games up of the 12th or 11th seed in the Western Conference, Lakers. So, there's there's, 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 there's still danger for the Clippers if, if, if they fall out lose a couple of games here and the team's behind them start winning games on top they can fall out of the play that's the playoffs for the play all together so very careful but in that case the West wide open Kevin Durant should be back between soon um, by playoff time and obviously the Lakers to get in they, they could be a problem lots of teams in there Golden State's starting to figure out a little bit now late as of late um, but Memphis also Memphis the Grizzlies people kind of assume that because the Grizzlies not having John Moran they were, they, while they were solid this year they've held on you know, it's about Denver doing doing their thing, and Denver obviously done a great job this year. You know, with Yo Kitchen Company, but Memphis has maintained, and they haven't have had a star player for a number of weeks, over a month actually, and they're still a two seed. I'm starting to buy in on the idea of Memphis not just being a playoff going deep to the playoffs like like last year, even deeper, but being the Western Conference representative in the NBA Finals this year. I, I can buy that because they've had the experience last year. They're talking about talking as a team that is a title contender. And if you believe you are, well, who am I to tell you no? I'm buying in Memphis, actually, to be honest with you. In fact, I, I, don't, be surprised, don't be surprised if I pick Memphis in my uh, when we do the uh, official playoff, playoff pr- predictions once that time comes. Um, to be in the finals, or, the, or at the very least in the Western Conference Finals. Just saying. Number four on my power five, Denver Nuggets. Again, they've kind of faded the last couple of weeks, but it's still holding on to number one seed. They're likely going to keep them one seed and whatnot. Obviously, you, you want to see this team do well, do more in the playoffs. Jokic, obviously, might get his MVP this year. We'll, we'll see. Um, but it's about the playoffs. And the pressure now on Jokic and company to get the job done in the postseason. I still have some doubts that he can because even though they are number one in the West, there are a lot of teams that, in that conference that once get key guys back, like I said, Phoenix and Kevin Durant and obviously John Morant's back for the Grizzlies and you know LeBron back for the Lakers, if they get in somehow, I, I, I can't say I'm fully confident in Denver getting the job done. And, and, I, and I love their team. They have a very well-rounded team. Arguably one of the best rosters or the best roster in all of basketball. But playoff time, things change. Just say. So Denver, got got to show it to me. Number three on my power five, the Celtics. And they've kind of slipped up the last, last um, month or so. But, you know, they kind of blew the load early in the year, too. They were, they were the dominant Celtics early to start of the year. And then kind of a reverse of last year when they started slowing and caught fire late. I will say with Boston, though, um, 
And you have also the talk about Jalen Brown possibly opting out of his contract at the end of the year, depending on how things play out there. There's some pressure now on the Celtics, especially get this job done with this, with this tandem with Tatum and, and Brown. Because Brown may not be there to be on this year. Now, people think that, eh, whatever, what happens. There's some some saltiness on Jalen Brown's part in terms of how he was being dangled off of Kevin Durant when the Durant rumors came out after he requested a trade from Brooklyn back in uh, last year, last summer. That plus, obviously, Jalen Brown, I'm sure, sees himself as a number one guy. Um, it is Tatum's team, but Brown is right there. Um, so there's, there's a little, little bit of pressure down in Boston here. But they played better. They had a big win against the Kings on, 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 on Tuesday night on the road. They had a couple couple big wins here recently. So let's see if they get all, get all together in time for the playoffs. But Boston number three on the Power 5 this week. All right, number two um, is the Sixers. Now, you're probably saying, well, how would you put them ahead of Boston right now when you said yourself that Boston owns Philadelphia? This is true. But Philadelphia has been surging the last couple weeks. And you can't ignore that either. Um, I still have my doubts about Philadelphia against Boston in the in in the uh, East. I actually, but here's, here's the thing: I I think you guys got to follow here. Philadelphia is a bigger threat to, at least at this point, to Milwaukee, in my opinion, than they are to Boston. Until further notice, I think Milwaukee would rather play Boston than Philly because the Embiid matchup is. It's gonna be Embiid's playing at a level right now, man. Embiid is 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 probably playing on a top three guy, you know, as I said, MVP level right now. I think rather rather play Boston than than Philadelphia. And I think the Sixers have been playing so well this last couple weeks too, especially. You gotta give them credit. Obviously, I still have, I still have questions about whether they, they can get past Boston. But I think it's any time they could be they could be Boston's this is the year to do it. So number one is easy, Milwaukee. Um, Giannis is back. Giannis is dominating. And even when they didn't have Giannis a couple games uh, last couple weeks, they still have uh, been able to get the job done. Drew Holiday's having a career year. I'm glad he's getting all the respect he deserves. Chris Belton's slowly getting back into into shape and getting back into uh, to where he should be. That big three there. Giannis, of course, like I said, Giannis is the best player in basketball. Um, Milwaukee has a no-nonsense team. I love this team because they they, they, they are a team that comes to play. There's no nonsense, no drama, no none of this stuff, no none of the off-court stuff, none of the contractual stuff going on. No, this team is here. No nonsense. Guys locked in, locked up. Um, Mike Budenholzer has done a fantastic job of creating a culture there um, that you know people are buying into. And they, 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 this is the thing. They, 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 they are the lunch, lunch pail team. It's not sexy. They just got the job done. And in turn, they turn into be the best team in basketball right now. All right, so this is my power five again. Five to one. You got the Grizzlies, you got the Nuggets, the Celtics, the Sixers, and the uh, Milwaukee Bucks um, rounded out there. All right, before I go, and I stole this from ESPN yesterday, and I'm going to, I don't care. I'll give them full credit for this. Saw a thing on, and I t- tend to, you know, when, when I watch content, especially on ESPN, um, daily content, it's still watching ESPN. Like on TV, I tend to go on YouTube and I'll just like watch different clips they have up, they put up on their, on their, on their, uh, on their page, on the feed. And I saw this thing here where they have this game called Max Trade or Wave. Basically, you, you take three guys and which guys you, would you max out? Would you trade? Would you wave? So the three guys they had here on, on here, the list to, to, to match it up was, uh, they have LeBron James, they got Steph Curry and Kevin Durant. So which which three guys? Which guy would you max? We get a max contract. Which guy would you trade? And which guy would, guy would you waive? The guy I would max 
is Steph Curry. And why? He's still in his prime. Now, granted, all three of these guys are still in their prime. Steph Curry is probably of the three guys, the guy who stays healthy the most. Probably has a longer, still has a longer uh, uh, prime now because of, uh, first, first, of, first of all, shooting, for some starters, the team he's on on top of that. And you're going to get a lot, of good, a lot of good years out of Steph Curry from this point on. Steph Curry is the guy I would max in the three guys. The guy I would trade would be LeBron James. Well, the guys I would trade actually would be... Ooh, this is tough. I said LeBron James, but... I feel like I can get more for Kevin Durant at this point than LeBron James. So I would trade Kevin Durant because if you can get four ones that, that, that Phoenix got, that Phoenix had to give up to get him for Brooklyn got for Kevin Durant, Durant's also four years younger. And look, I'm a LeBron guy for the record. We're not, we're not talking about all time. Talk about right now in 2023. I would trade Kevin Durant because I feel like I can get more on the open market for him than I could for LeBron James. I wave LeBron James, obviously. Now, if you're talking about all time, it's a different story. Okay, I'm maxing LeBron James, obviously. Okay, that's that. That's that different conversation. Um, but in 2023, LeBron age 38, Kevin Durant age 34, I believe. Um, Steph Curry age 34. I would max out Steph Curry. I would trade uh, Kevin Durant based on the value, and I would wave LeBron James. Of course, I, I'm going to say this, and I got a bunch of LeBron James fans in my mention saying, "What are you doing? How, how, how are you getting? We're not talking about LeBron all time. If we did this as an all time thing, obviously, I would obviously max LeBron James. I max LeBron James. I would trade. Steph Curry because of the value I can get back for him and Kevin Durant because of the injuries and whatnot. Eh, that's tough though. You talk about three guys, three guys who have a, a case to be tough. Well, first of all, one guy in my opinion is number two on my all time list. The other guy is number 10 on my all time list. And Kevin Durant, depending on how his career ends, could be inching close to that top 10 conversation um, in the years to come. So again, I would max Steph Curry. I would trade Kevin Durant because of the value and I would waive LeBron James. Because of the age. And he's your year anyway. So, anyway, that will do for this po- episode of the And One with EJ podcast. Again, I'm on Twitter at EJ Christmas. Let's talk about all my work first off. Love podcasts. I have Ernst Vegan podcasts. I do. Um, every so often, I just did a baseball baseball episode. Uh, uh, season, pre- season preview with Mikey B, who's part of also uh, Incorporated here. Did a, a baseball preview there on, on their stuff for that. I also have a topic-centric podcast called Earth Speaking Unfiltered, where I do once a blue moon, um, a take a, a topic, uh, a trending topic, and just kind of ramble and rant on it. Um, I just did one on Cam Newton, actually, uh, a couple days ago. First episode I did on there in two months, actually. Um, and then, of course, all my work, you know, go to my YouTube page at youtube.com slash at Ernest Christian. So, youtube.com slash at Ernest Christian. I'm definitely pushing the YouTube page, especially because all my work's there, all my all the archives and all the clips I do and stuff. So, clips from this show, too, especially will be up there as well. So, until then, we'll talk next week, and we, we should be back at the normal uh, Tuesday slash Wednesday uh, slot on the podcast feed. So, until then, guys, have a good weekend, and stay up, and bye for now. Later.